Space, Final Frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Ah, how are you doing, Jim, lad? <laughs> and Dr. Squee. Well, it's inappropriate today. Ahoy, hoy! <laughs> and as you can probably guess, we're talking about the pirate episode of Strange New Worlds, The Serene Squall. And, yeah, I mean, great fun. Shall we talk about Paramount Plus first, though? Because we've had... We've had Paramount Plus launch in the UK, finally. And bit of a mixed bag, uh, just from the Star Trek perspective. I'm not commenting on anything else that's on there, but I've seen a few people online who haven't sort of taken the jump and actually signed up wanting to know exactly what's on there, what's not on there. Um, So basically, original series is on there. TNG, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise... And from the new stuff, there's all four seasons of Discovery. So season four of Discovery is now on a streaming service. Prodigy's on there, and we've got all the Prodigy episodes that have been released so far. Strange New Worlds, we've got the first three episodes, uh, and the rest are going to drop weekly. So it's going to be about four or five weeks behind the US rollout. And the movies are on there up to and including Star Trek 09. There's no Into Darkness, no Beyond. And because it doesn't support 4K as of yet, in the UK at least, we've not got the 4K director's cut of the motion picture. Uh, the animated series isn't on there, nor are the short treks. And so, to begin with, you said that, uh, well, you showed me the Encounter and Farpoint wasn't on there, but it is now. <laughs> Encounter and Farpoint was not on there yesterday when they sort of did a little bit of a sneaky kind of soft launch. Um, but it is on there now. Now, um, I know why they're doing it with Strange New Worlds. I imagine with Picard and Lower Decks, they've not got the rights back from Amazon. Yes, I would think that's the case. And I imagine but- Amazon... It wouldn't surprise me if Amazon have got them over a barrel going, no, we're not selling you the rights back. Because well, I imagine they tried doing the same as what with Discovery. Because I'd say there's two things on that. One is, I I mean, in a second, you can go into why they've done it with the Stranger Worlds, because I don't get that at all. But also with the... Um, uh, with the other ones, I mean, they, they've known for a while they were doing this, so why they gave Amazon rights which were going to be prohibitive seems mad to me. Well, it's taken yeah. two years, hasn't it? Yeah, but like they knew they were launching in America, so they knew eventually they'd be selling the rights around the world. Why tie themselves into a deal which is going to go beyond when they yeah, potentially go to It might have been one of them where it's a case of Amazon said, if we're going to do it, we want exclusivity for X number of years. Yeah. And it was just too much money to turn down at the time. I, I really don't know. But mm. the fact is now, if you want all of Star Trek, and I don't know where... Um, into Darkness and Beyond that, or even if they're on any of the streamers. But if, if you want absolutely everything, you would need Prime, Netflix, and Paramount Plus in the UK. And then probably buy the DVD of Into Darkness and Beyond. Now, I imagine with the movies that it, it, it's probably a marketing thing that because mm-hmm. what we're looking at is 
They don't want people signing up for the one week. And then they don't want pe- the couples sort of going, right, I've had my week. Now you do your week. Mm-hmm. And after Fortnite going that, they've watched everything. So next month, it wouldn't surprise me if we get the rest of Star Trek drops onto it. Yeah. And, like I was looking at other content. There's lots of the new Paramount Plus content that we haven't got yet. Yeah, and I really. I think it's going to be dropped in stages to keep people hooked. Well, yeah, but I, I don't get that. I don't get the rationale. I mean, like we, we were talking I on don't. the retrack track that we have about how you know if you don't launch something when it gets launched in other countries, you're inviting piracy. Basically, I'm sorry, you just are. Like whether or not you think that's right, it, it is a fact these days. And also the thing of like, yeah, with Strange New Worlds, like surely you want to give. A nice big hook, like launch all the episodes, then do it weekly after that. I do not get the way they've done this. Yeah. It just seems, especially seeing as streaming services are the way of the future and there's such a battle for them, even pricing themselves slightly cheaper than the other ones. The idea that, um, you know, that you're going to do this in, in this way and you're not going to have all your ducks in a row before you do it, you know, like if they knew two years ago they were going to be doing this, even the fact that they launched the other Trek shows, I understand wanting to kind of like get Trek trick back in people's minds but it's like it seems weird that they didn't launch it with their services i don't know it seems weird that they couldn't launch it worldwide yeah yeah i think it's one of those where you because people do or did before every studio had their own streamer they used to fan stuff out to netflix to amazon and you'd have to wait until the rights came back. And that's why Disney was delayed in this country, because they had to wait to get a lot of the stuff back. But they waited uh, for that. Well, yeah, but they did the same thing with The Mandalorian. It, it, I think it was on in November in the US. We didn't get it till March, by which yeah. time all 10 episodes were available. And when, they still did it weekly. Did they do it weekly with the first Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've yeah, done yeah. that. I thought they'd... Um... Yeah, no, no, I remember now you say it. Oh, yeah, it just still seems crazy. I think with Strange New Worlds, it's if we drop three episodes now, in order to watch the whole season, you will have to pay at least two months of a subscription. So, yeah. in theory, it gets people in. But, yeah, I would have been happier if I could have watched The Serene Squall this morning on the on Paramount+. Plus, But... On the it platform was, I've just bought, yeah, I'd have liked yeah, to have been able to... It wasn't to, to me, but anyway, let's... Let's talk about the episode then. So, I mean, obviously pirates are going to feature quite heavily. Yeah, for anyone who's listening on the audio, by the way, Elliot is dressed as a pirate right now. And I was finding distracting through that whole first conversation we had that on his good eye with the eye patch, the, the kind of like bit of string was going over the good eye. And now, oh, he's, re, he's replaced. I was just going to say now it's on his third eye on his forehead and now it's back on the eye. You're just going to be distracting me with that all episode, aren't you, Elliot? <laughs> So patches can be very confusing. They can. Well, I tried lighting my sink, and that's why I had to move the patch because I couldn't focus properly with one. It's <laughs> when you had the string over your good eye that it was just really distracting. It's like, why have you just completely blinded yourself? So, um, yeah, we talked about the other week how we're starting with these logs of who the key character is going to be. And it throws it for a little bit of a curve on this one because we start with a personal log from Tapring, which. I'll be honest, I'm amazed that to bring still sticking around. They've obviously got it planned out what the arc is going to be with yeah. her. And um, every time she turns up, I think, oh, right, uh, they're doing another to bring. Maybe this will be the last time we see to bring. And it hasn't been so far. But um, 
she's working at this Vulcan rehabilitation center, which we've we've heard mentioned before, and apparently. The the ideology of this place seems to be that they say, okay, if you've committed a crime, it's because you've given in to your emotions, so we're going to help purge you of your emotions. And it may be because I watched uh, an episode of Farscape this week where it, it was the one where they sort of brainwash the guy who was a baddie who tortured Rigel and they make him into a goodie, but it turns out it, it hasn't fully worked. Anyway, and in that episode, it it feels like it's a bit of a commentary on, like, conversion therapy and things like that. And so that jumped into my mind on this. It's like, you know, usually the Vulcans are the good guys, but it's like this does seem to at least flirt with the idea that what they're doing here might not be the right thing to do. Like, to assume just because you're a criminal, it has to be related to your emotions and therefore they must be purged. Seems a little bit extreme. And, yeah, I don't think they necessarily... If we look at um, Enterprise set up like the Vulcan history and all that, though, where they have been very emotional, that's when they have the wars and all that. Yeah, yeah, I can see. And, and it's it's sort of a, a philosophical thing that they've done where they, they don't acknowledge the emotions, they purge themselves. Yeah. Well, they haven't purged themselves of emotions, they suppress the emotions. Yeah. I, I can see where the Vulcans are coming from, but I'm not sure where that sits as we usually view Vulcans as the good guys, and I, I'm not sure yeah. where how this makes me feel about T'Pring that she's involved with this sort of thing. I think it's... I think maybe it's intentionally a little bit grey and they don't seem to, as as of yet, spend a huge amount on it. Though the way this episode finishes, I think we are going to have to deal with this a little bit more. But I just found it interesting. You see, I never thought of it like that. I mean, to me, it's more like, you know, like we would treat someone who was out of touch with their emotion. You know, we might do some therapy on them, especially if they were going towards criminality. I feel like this is just that, that it's a cultural difference for for them for a mind to be working healthy if they're a pure Vulcan that is purely using logic. So to repair someone who who isn't uh, thinking straight according to them, they would use this therapy. I don't know. I never really considered. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. see why the Vulcans do it, but from an outsider's perspective, it. It doesn't necessarily sit that right, but um, see, I just considered that as to be, you know, like a um, yeah, again, like cultural differences which Starfleet has to respect. It's like it maybe oh, yeah. our way, but no, I'm sure Starfleet might respect it, but I, I would have maybe expected a bit more of a discussion around it. But as I say, I think the way this episode finishes, which obviously we'll get to, I don't think we're done with this place. So no, we, yeah. we may well um, we may well come back to some of that stuff. I mean, we'll get on to the end in a bit, but I must admit, now when I see to bring at the beginning of the episode, my heart <coughs> my heart sinks a little. I've got to be honest with you. I think they've given a lot of real estate to their relationship in a ten episode series, and it just I don't know. Like this episode, I feel might might have even been stronger without without her and without the love story in there. However. Obviously, with the setup at the end, it was necessary. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff like at the start. Oh, I'm researching human sex by reading mucky books, and yeah, and yeah. Spock, Spock even does like a spit take when he when she says I'm researching human, and it's like 
I know, Squee, you pick up on these things probably much more than I do, but that for me did stand out as something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've even yeah. I've even got behind the idea of Spock being more human in this, and he's exploring his human side at this point of his journey. Fair enough, but then you need to make the rest of the Vulcans so logical as a as a difference to that. That that's what shows you what the difference is. At the moment, they're right. They're making the mistake they've done on some other Star Treks post next generation. I think you know, like we've said before, Voyager was probably the last example where they did it really well. Most of the time they just make Vulcans slightly pissy and make that mean mean logical. Pissy isn't the same as logical. It's, yeah. it's not the same thing. It's just not. And this is probably the best she's written for in a logical way. And still there's these moments where she just gets, as I say, pissy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sort of in two minds about to bring like, I've not objected particularly to anything specific she's done, but, and I am sure that the writers know where they're going with this, but every time I'm just like, okay, you're going to wrap it up now so that it fits in with where we are in a mock time. And they've got a long time to do that. You know, it's been established that this is at least 10 years before that, so that yeah. there's room to do it. I, I think um, the thing which in this, uh, this one, which I was... Um, you know, they, they showed in this one, they did do a bit of the kind of like hand movement when they would delay a bit. Yeah. They did, they kind of like uh, finger touching was the way they showed kind of the, their version of kissing or mating or whatever in, in the original series. And they do a little bit of this later in this episode. However, when they're talking about exploring human sexuality, like, well, basically they've just showed Vulcan sexuality to be the same. Again, there's no difference. There's, yeah. no, yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah. which makes a Vulcan stand out. It's the kind of, um, feels like just selling out the, the character traits of Vulcans. I don't know. Though yeah. I do feel like they are starting to get into where Spock stands with it. So there's, there's the bit where he says, oh, you know, nothing will compare to seeing you in person. And, I just don't buy that that is legitimately how he feels. And I think that's intentional in the writing and in the yeah. performance that we're meant to go, is Spock just going through the motions here? I don't yeah. think he's into this. As now, I wonder if like, this story is off to play out, that she realises it has been Spock going through the motions, mm. and that's why she moves on in the mock time. Yeah, I think yeah. that might well be the case. And I mean, she'll, like she's made the effort, and then she realised no, he was just going through the motions. Yeah, and... she'll get sick of it and go, look, we're still betrothed, but I don't want to see you until you pump far now because there's nothing here, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't you think that those scenes would have been so much more impactful where she does make the effort of trying to kind of come over to his human emotional side, if until now she'd been so logical, and if. If they'd been doing the hand movements as opposed to kissing, when they did kiss, it would have made, been so much yeah. more impactful. That yeah. would have been such a huge moment. But now it's nothing because that's what they were doing all along. They, yeah, they they could have made that so much bigger, so much better. And again, then I would have bought. Okay, she's making the effort for her, for him, despite her logic. She does love him at this point, and that's what. And maybe him being like this is what makes her hate humans and go back towards a more yeah. Vulcan way later. That would have made so much more sense. As I it is, it just doesn't. I do think we're going to get there, but we're going around the houses to get there. Um, yeah. Chapel's been very flirty again. Which, you know, it's fair enough. I like the fact that they acknowledge, oh, last time you asked me for advice, it didn't work out so well. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I just raise a point with this, though? Like, it basically shows... Uh, Chap Nurse Chapel and Spock being besties in this series, it seems. Yeah. 
And then when you see the original series, and again, I know he's shedded his emotions in the, you know, more more so at that stage. And she's, um, you know, she's older. She's gone through all this other stuff. But Jesus Christ, it just makes later Spock seem like a cold bastard. That was your best friend. And it's not like he doesn't have friendships in the future. So yeah, no, I think it's nice to do some really nasty to make the end of this. It's the start of their their friendship sort of breaking down, where they're not bestie friends anymore. Yeah, who wants to watch that that happen? She can't. (laughs) She can't deal with that side. Yeah, I'm thinking we're heading for a lot of heartbreak at some point with all of Well, yeah. we know we, we must be, so... Uh, I, just, I just don't want to see that happen between them. Like, if they're going to be besties now... Again, Spock in the original series isn't a prick. He's not an arsehole. He just, he's no. just unemotional, you know, and feels like he has to do something pretty dickish for them to lose that friendship now. No, maybe he does, but we'll find out. Um, so yeah, we meet the ambassador who turns out to be the pirate spoilers. And Captain Angel. Captain <laughs> Angel. And I love how they sort of say, um, Pike's a boy scout and Pike's really embarrassed and sort yeah, of, and go, it's in your record. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it, but do you think he really is a boy scout? He doesn't. Um, he, he, he breaks said, rules all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but they have also said like, they kept him out of the fight with the Klingons in Discovery because he was the best of us. Yeah. So yeah. it is something that's being played on as his, his character that... I, I guess just in, in Strange New Worlds, since they've started, he's every episode he's broken one rule or another by Starfleet, which is yeah, a big boy scoutish. Like, I, it was a to be fair, after, after what are we on, 54 years of Star Trek now, I'm quite used to captains breaking rules. It, oh, it yeah. seems like yeah, it's but then I wouldn't call him Boy Scout. You only become a captain if you can break rules. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not complaining about him breaking rules. I'm just saying, if he breaks rules, if he was a Boy Scout, who would follow all the rules? Is my point. <laughs> he was just really, really good up until this point. <laughs> yeah, uh, it seems like every week, Captain Admiral Admiral Elliot Admiral April is always saying, "It's like, oh, for Christ's sake, now I, oh, I called in a lot of favors to get you out of this pickle this time." <laughs> was a lot more straight laced in the cage, so yeah. maybe maybe that's where he got the reputation from, and now he's rebelling. Well, again. he has found out that he's only got so long to live. True, now he's going to yeah. die, so that's mm-hmm. maybe changed him. He's definitely. I'm quite sure, actually, that would change any of us. Yeah, it just seems an interesting time to call him Boy Scout when he's breaking a rule every week. Maybe Boy Scout's not quite the right word. Maybe, I mean, he's certainly like the poster boy for Starfleet, regardless. It is, and they have acknowledged him, (laughs) it is the flagship. Yeah. 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 And then um, Arden sort of. See, this is an, another one of these things that Strange New Worlds is doing really well, that when you know what dramatic movements are coming later in a story and you look back on it, you do see a lot of setup. Like, Arden says later, or Angel says later in the episode, like, I've been manipulating your emotions all along. Oh, yeah. And it when you watch it back and see every interaction, that's exactly what they're doing because... Like this first bit, they're talking about Culinar and Swap says, oh, I'm looking forward to mine. And it's just planting that first little seed, which is going to be developed even further. By the way, it goes on. On the same uh, point, is it just me? Or at the point when she goes like, uh, maybe you're not human or Vulcan. Like, what am I then? I was just waiting for him to say, I am Spock. Like, was it just me? 
Like it just seemed like such a setup, considering the. Haven't they already done that though? So were the or was it in the trailer where he says, "I am simply Spock." No, but I am Spock exactly would have been the. the, Yeah. 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 It just seemed. It just seemed like I. 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 I felt like they set me up to think that, and then subverting my expectations on purpose. At the end, he could have said, "I am not Spock." Yeah, Uh, Yeah. There you go. But yeah. So there is a lot of manipulation going on. And watching it the second time, I did find it really enjoyable because you're like, yeah, you are getting played like a fiddle Spock in this episode. Yeah. Just really. Oh, and the Spock wouldn't have fallen for it. The, um, apparently the actor who plays uh, Angel is the first non-binary villain. Like the, the, the person who plays it is non-binary apparently. So first non-binary villain. I know, in... I've, I've read reports okay. of that and, Fine, I read that. that if that's what she is, fine. But it's her acting ability, and she plays a great character. Oh, I really love this character, and I'm really glad that it looks like we're going to see a lot more of this character. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, my like, I was thinking, is this the Harry Mudd of the of Strange New it World? Could well, be yeah. I mean, my my understanding of it from interviews that I've read is that the the actor uses she or they pronouns, whereas the character um, is referred to as they, so the, the character's non-binary. Um, oh. but, but nothing big is made of that in this episode. I only noticed it on second right. watching of it, that they do use they pronouns oh. when they're talking about Angel. You see, I didn't um, even notice that. I assumed that the no. I, I thought the character was a, a she, her, you know, pronoun. No, uh, pronoun. Apparently yes, not, but, um, but that, and I think it's getting rightly a lot of praise for the representation for the way it's being dealt with. That the character's just there, and yes. that's it, that. It's not, it's not thrown down your, yeah, it's not thrown in your face, and it, it the, it's also means it's naturalized. Yeah, there is, it was... has nothing to do with the character or the plot or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I suppose. One way you could read it, because the the actor is a trans woman, um, so you could read it that there is a little bit of this, sort of the dialogue could be read as uh, allegorical in that sense, because there's this talk about um, you could be one thing, you could be another thing, you need to make a choice, Spock. And so the, there's a degree of that that could be read into it. And I'm sure it, it was pretty good. written to well, have. She it. says it great at the end, doesn't she? She goes, it, it, it doesn't matter what you are. The real question is who are, who you are. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what I really liked about it was that, uh, I mean, I'd raised the point when they had the first non-binary character in Discovery Mm-hmm. that they did make a big thing of like, actually, I like to be called they, whereas if this is meant to be that far in the future, I would hope it was normalised more how they show it here. Yeah, I, I yeah. think for me, if you're going to show it, uh, you know, and you raised the point at the time that it's like, well, obviously Star Trek's got to reflect the times it's written in as well as the time it's set in. But I, I just like this much better because it just seemed like it, it's treating it yeah, people how they, they would want to be. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed the character. There was there was one post though I did see where I, well the post which um told me this, which as I say, I didn't even notice. <sighs> I think it was that well written that was naturalized. But um some post about it and I was reading the comments below, loads of other people being supportive, and then goes like, Wow, I didn't even realise. I just thought she was hot as hell. It's like, oh the, you're the reason why we can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Like to be fair, she's as hot as hell. <laughs> I, they are they are as hot as hell. I am not arguing that point. It's just like when everyone's praising the oh. fact that we've had this moment, it's like, oh yeah. four. The, the fact that they changed their outfit when the villain we, we should have guessed the villain reveal was gonna come <laughs> a little bit earlier. Because while they're acting as the ambassador and everything, it's all very formal, blah blah blah. And then they come into Spock's quarters all of a sudden wearing this slinky dress. And it's like, when you look back, you're like, that's a villain's outfit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I realised straight away. Good point, uh, good point. But, yeah, th there's a great conversation with Spock where um, Angel talks about um, logic and things like that. And Spock says, well, you know, it's not to do with me being human or Vulcan. It's the fact I was raised on Vulcan. Yeah, he says... That's just biology. And then Angel says, ah, but that's just geography, Spock. And it's like, yeah, you've caught him in a logic yeah. trap. You've yeah. logic against him. See, again, I love that. Like a bit of, like using Vulcan's logic against them. Brilliant. Yeah. I, I, I always love that. Like, you know, McCoy was always teasing Spock and stuff. Yeah, that that's yeah. great, great use. And then Pike decides to lead the away team. And there is, it is acknowledged in dialogue, like, okay, you know, you, you're going over. And he's like, ah, yeah, be fine. So he's not a Boy Scout, so, you know, he's not going to follow the rules. <laughs> but you know what? The payoff to the fact that Pike leads this um, away team is great. So, um, oh yeah, he has so much fun with this. Again, it's Anson Mount. He just has like, fun always. This is know. another clue that we should have got who's coming at the, the end reveal was going to be someone else because who's the Orion who's making out that with the captain on their desk. They've got that game that two rocks used to play with, uh, ah, Kim. Oh, you know, Kim. that stick one. I yeah. can't remember what it's called. Oh, sounds like, yeah. it sounds like Caldicott or something like that. Yeah. No, that's one Nicholas plays. Right, I know which one you mean. Oh, oh, you know what a... you mean with the six way. Yeah. yeah I know the one you mean. Yeah. yeah. That's a brilliant little detail. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that when you first watch it, you just think, oh, it's just the trophies acquired from somewhere. But then when you realise that she's actually the captain mm. and that her husband is sat, is like the reveal, can we yeah. say who it is? If we all, we all I say who it is. I think yeah. everybody knows by it's now. Sean Connery. <laughs> well, it was Sean Connery if it was a digital resurrected well, DVD. we were saying weren't we at the weekend wouldn't it be great if they've got Jason Connery to yeah, play get Jason Connery yeah. I mean I'm, but, I'm told it's not too busy these days but when you look back that Captain Angel suspect with Cyborg yeah she has the Vulcan uh, game on the desk yeah that's brilliant I didn't <laughs> know that Oh, I, I mean, and I, I do love Anson Mount, like, you know, playing the people off each other. But yeah. did they have to? Did they absolutely have to do what Discovery does every episode? Like, Discovery's ruined it for me, giving code names to things you've done in the past. Like, a, oh, we're going to oh, do a yeah, Starfleet yeah. Sansnitty shuffle. Oh, no, let's do an Orion bring around, you know. And, and they do that here. And it's like, yeah. sorry, Discovery's, Discovery's ruined that for me. I don't want to hear anything talked about in code like that again. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, the girl didn't really work for long anyway because the security officer didn't know it, did she? No, true. It's like, look <laughs> at one shot comment comic book coming soon that shows when Pike and Una first did this trick. <laughs> I know, it's just, it's just like with Book and um, Michael, they just did yeah, the episode to a nauseating degree. What about on Delta Felta Delta 9? Oh, Delta Felta Delta 9, you'll have yeah. to read Dr. Uma McCormack's novel when it yeah, comes. Yeah, it's... 
Um, yeah, they, so when okay, they, if Una's writing it, I'm in. Sorry, no, I mean, it, I've no <laughs> doubt the book will be great because she's the, uh, the only Star Trek book first that I have read is the Picard tie in, and it's fantastic. So yeah. I'm mocking more the way it was done in the show than her writing, which I'm sure you mean you're doing a mock, a mock indeed. <laughs> uh, so when the pirates attacked the bridge, then. <clears throat> What I noticed was, so obviously the Vulcan neck pinch was invented when it was in the script that Spock was just going to punch someone and Lennon Nimoy said, no, no, Spock could do something much yeah. more suave, much more cool. And when you watch this, to be fair to Spock, the vast majority of it, he does engage in a little bit of hand-to-hand, but he goes for the nerve pinch. Yeah. Until right at the end, he just whacks a guy against the desk. And I'm like, it's 90% there. It's 90% you know, <laughs> paying homage to what Leonard Nimoy wanted. So, well, I, I, this it was is the William only... Shatner who sold that when Nimoy suggested it. Yeah. Because, it, because Nimoy went, like, look, Bill, I've got this idea. And it's got to be this. And it was like when he did it. How William Shatner collapsed to the floor. Yeah, well, <laughs> was what sold it that it'll work. You see, this is why I loved um, the idea that they kind of like basically have sex and do kissing through their fingers. I, I like to think there was an emotional transfer. There was, you know, even yeah. biological transfer. You, who knows what they're able to do, which also makes it bloody mucky when they use it to nerve pinch someone. You were just having sex with that hand. Come on, dude. <laughs> they're dirty, yeah. dirty Vulcans. Dirty Vulcans. <laughs> The Orion captain, then, um, I thought it was the guy off Game of Thrones, and it is, but it's not the one I was thinking of, because oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was Tom and Giant's Bane at first, and I googled it, and it was like, oh, he's acting credits, Game of Thrones, I was like, oh, I was right, then I looked, like, that's not Tom, and that's some other guy, um, so I was right that it was from Game of Thrones, but not who I thought, um, but... It appears that Orion certainly has, uh, as well as Romulus, must have an island adjacent yeah. or something. Well, <laughs> Doctor Who, where uh, Christopher Eccleston said it back, yeah. best, didn't he? Uh, Earth isn't the only planet with Norths. Exactly. And yeah, we're I, more and more in Star Trek, so... I mean, obviously, I'm against all these northerners taking over the planet, but, you know, let's let's go with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, it was, I mean, to me, it was just the fact that... I mean, this guy does deserve to lose his ship. If yeah, yeah, the yeah. guy managed to talk you out of kind of like he's going, it's like, right, give me the command code. No, I'm going to cook for you. All right, then. I'm dick. Well, he he is captain, lose ship. Though, is he isn't though, is he? He's sort of being left as a mock captain. Yeah. Hey, yeah Amok again, you see? Um, yeah. He gets back to Amok time. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's like if the guy managed to talk you out of like giving them a command code so he can cook, I don't care who who behind you is going. It's like, well, you're cooking. I would have made them all hot turtle soup. Yeah. <laughs> now he does the. I mean, I know we've we've praised Angel as a villain, and you know we'll talk about Cyborg when we get to the end. But surely this guy must be one of the greatest villains so far in Strange New World because he messes up Pike's hair. I yeah. Mean, he deserves to die for that alone. Yeah, he's got him tied to a chair and he messes it up. 
So not not happy with that. But as you say, Pike manages to negotiate, I'm going to cook a meal for you. And I like, <laughs> he's like, well, let's talk over dinner then. Come on, we can. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if it was any other actor, no one else could get away with that because it's such a ridiculous idea well, that yeah. it's like he talked him out of giving the command code so he can cook dinner. That's just stupid. But he to made me, though, this was one of, to work. To me, this is one of the best uh, callbacks to the original series. Because how many times was Kirk in this sort of situation and he came up with something stupid that got him out yet. of it? Oh, he it's, did, but cooking, that's the, the stupidest yet. You know? oh, but, yeah, but Kirk of, often used to come up with silly things, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, the, the game of fizzbin in, um, what do they call it, a piece of the action is a little yeah. bit sillier than cooking. I mean, it's on a part. I mean, mind you, Corbinite Maneuver was one of the best ones. Like, that was just... Yeah. And that was so Kirk as well. Like, that's what I like about this. It's sort of very pike to be able to be yeah. fast-talking enough to get away with cooking a meal as opposed yeah, to codes. Whereas with Kirk, it's more like, nope, if you go to our ship, it will blow up with a uh, bigger uh, react. Like, it had to be war-based, basically, yeah, for yeah. Kirk to, you know, or battle-based. I do um one thing I do want to and it's a very minor criticism, but the previously bit that we're getting at the start, it has got the little bit where they show Pike cooking for the crew, and it's like I really don't need a previously on to remind me that Pike that, can that cook. Pike can fight. <laughs> it's not that <laughs> crucial to the plot, like you know. It's you know all I did. I was wondering, like that, and it didn't click with me because I was wondering, like, why are they? Because especially on the second watch, I was watching out for the clips from the beginning. I was like, why are they showing him at the dinner? And I didn't even click that it was because he's cooking. You know what, it, like, I think it's one of them things as well because it's we all in standalone episodes, and I think that the they've got used to telling serialized stories. Yeah, and it's sort of like, oh, what we're going to put in the previously. Well, you don't yeah. have to have one. I mean, yeah. but, uh, we don't have to have one at all. Give it we the don't week have off. to be reminded every episode of the characteristics of the crew what? because what? they actually do a really good job of establishing what the crew are like. Yeah, yeah. a couple of scenes them. maybe to remind us of T'Pring and that kind of thing, and then yeah. you're done. What, what you I think is, is all these idiots that you got who, let's take the Star Wars sequels as an example, the ones who went, well, why can Ray fly the Millennium Falcon? We don't know. We've not seen a train to fly the Millennium Falcon. Like, so I think this is people going, oh, well, look, we've shown you. We've shown you we can cook. It's not a skill we've just introduced. So don't start with that shit. Oh, you see, that's just so ridiculous. Because, yeah, because every time someone who's got a driver's license gets in a new car, they don't know how it works. Yeah, that, exactly. That's the equivalent of that argument. Yeah, it is just ridiculous. It's like, are you sure you're not picking up on this specifically because it's a female character? No, no, it's not to do with that. But how come she knows how to use the force and blah, blah, blah? It just, just shuts Because it just makes sense they'd have a common steering system, at least. You know, the and, ships are going to be different, but if you can... And she worked for Uncaf on Jakku, and she was a scavenger, so he's probably showed her out. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> but, but this is why I think we have to be so condescending in these previously on just got look pike knows how to cook so when it's <laughs> you don't have to have a <coughs> youtube so calm down um so back we to have skipped over a bit that i really enjoyed Absolutely. in this episode when the before they get to the um the squall when they're going through the asteroid belt and you've got on Ant on 
and you say you'll have to fly manual and she's there really in the zone and she goes oh yeah actually i like fly manual i feel yeah. a bit like yeah i feel close to the ship a bit like I've, we're getting to third base oh no no it was, it was first <laughs> date third, third date, date. Blind date. Yeah. Like, that was a nice little bit of dialogue and a very yeah, secret yeah. character. Third date is further than third. Well, he told, her, he told her in another one to fly close, hadn't he? Yeah, they yeah. did a call back to and, and make it like you're on a third date. And she yeah, so yeah. explained how she feels. Yeah, it's just like still, a third date. It's, it was almost slightly flirty between them. It was. We've still not had our full-on Ortegas episode, but we are getting these nuggets and getting to know yeah. us. No, so. instead we're going to have eight episodes with Spring. Yeah, <laughs> well, she's the most important character. So um, back to Angel then and the manipulation of Spock. So... There's this whole thing about, oh, I had my husband was Vulcan and he got killed because he followed logic. And if he'd have only given in to his fear, it'd have been okay. So they're planting those seeds again. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe this isn't the best idea. And so I like all of that stuff. And they even go as far as the bit with the phaser. Like Spock offers a phaser and Angel says, oh, no, I'm not a... Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not a warrior. I'm not a fighter. I'm not a warrior. And he says, oh, after what you've told me, I'm sure you have. So it goes that far that it's like the bit with Hans Gruber and the gun in Die Hard, you know, where McLean gives him a gun and you're like, don't give him the gun. And uh, but then it turns out McLean's actually got the upper hand in that. But it's kind of like that, like the manipulation they're doing on Spock is so much that I'm going to make you insist that I take a gun which I'm then going to use to overpower you. Like, it's very arrogant, but it shows that, like I said earlier on, they're playing him like a fiddle, you know? <laughs> yeah. They've got Spock sussed out here. Um, and then, yeah, we talked about Spike, uh, Spike Pike even, and he's, he's mutiny. I do like that they do it just like Chinese whispers sort of thing, like, oh, yeah. oh, oh you don't want to give us to the Klingons? Oh, well, I think I will give you to the Klingons. But the Klingons um, kill everyone who deals with them. <laughs> yeah. And then once Spock releases the command codes, then this is where we find out that Dr. Aspen is actually Angel. And I love how the performance just changes like that. It goes from this almost a little bit standoffish medical to dialing the ham right up and... It, it'd be so easy to make a ball to that and it just not work whatsoever and you just go, oh, I, you know. But she does such a great job with it. That <laughs> I, I really love Hammy Angel. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, she is. Uh, I mean, the performance is just amazing. Yeah. And then this is where your mate Tupring comes back in then. So it's all a plot to get Spock, to blackmail Tupring, to let this mysterious Vulcan go. And at this point, you're thinking, all right, well, they've lied about the husband being dead, so it must be that. Uh, but I, you know, I, I didn't see the cyborg twist coming. No. no. I mean, when, when, when Spock first sort of starts talking about that Vulcan knowing who it is, it was that moment that I kind of, for some reason, uh, Cyborg came to my mind. I didn't and, until he said. No, I didn't. Not until he said Cyborg. I, I don't know it. why. I think it's just I've been so on alert for the fact that they love 
calling back kind of like um, characters which we've seen in other Star Treks. I think I've always had it in my mind they bring in Cyborg at some stage. Yeah. So no. when we first started talking about it, I don't know, that just that clicked for me. It never occurred to me, man. No. I think like, it could be a genius move. but It well, could be, but I'm not sure if Spock and Cyborg should actually meet based mm. on Star Trek V. That is, I'm not the, the young child you remember. True. I mean, maybe... Yeah, but that yeah. doesn't have to be the last time they met. I mean, you're a child, I suppose, as a Vulcan, you're a child for quite... Or maybe it's just how Spock sees himself once he yeah. gets on whatever emotional journey he's going to go on to get to be Leonard Nimoy's Spock. Maybe he thinks of Ethan Peck Spock as a child. I don't know. I mean, to me, it just reminds me of, like, you know, with, with my brothers, you know, when we, when we get together and we're bickering, it feels like we go back to childhood sometimes. Yeah. It's just one of those things. You know, you go into old pants with family sometimes. So it doesn't have to be the last time they met. I, I could I could see that dialogue still working if they've met since. I mean, you know, it, Star Trek V's not known for having the greatest dialogue ever written. So. No. Like, let's hope if they bring in Cyborg in, they can redeem Star Trek Five, and we can get rock monsters. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> I want rock monsters. I'm in for that. But I, I mean, I, I think this is one of the characters which is a bit more ripe for um, exploring a bit more because we only see him in one movie. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So you know, the other ones which they brought in. Sometimes I do think it's like, you know, they they have relied on quite a few legacy characters, some which are more explored than others. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like the thing of, and I've, I've heard. People sort of discuss this before when you talk about like how prevalent remakes of films are in Hollywood. So it's like they always pick the classics. Like we don't need a remake of RoboCop. We don't need a remake of whatever, it, you know. But what would be so much more interesting is if you took films that weren't classics and didn't quite work but had a kernel of a great idea in them. Yeah, and they were just badly executed. Yeah, and did them yeah. better. That'd be great. And it's like they're doing that. Like, yeah, you can redo Cam, but it's not going to be as good as the original no. Cam. No. That's, that's why Into Darkness for me is a weak, is a yeah. bad move, but a weak move. Oh, I, I, I've said it before. I think it's a again. bad movie. No, it, it isn't a bad movie. It's just, it's not right because the Wrath of Cam was such a great movie. It's not a great Star Trek movie. And why call, why? Uh, the character's called Khan. Look, I know, again, it was a Spaniard playing or a uh, an Indian in the original thing, which wasn't ideal, but just make him out and out white just seems like a greater sin, you know? It's like... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the, the idea of let's take a character that's not universally beloved from a film that is certainly not universally beloved and let's see if we can do something interesting with him. I think, one, it takes a hell of a lot of balls to do it, especially in your first season, like... We know we've got a lot of goodwill because everyone loved Pike in Discovery and people being clamouring for this show. But that's a big swing to go, okay, we're going to bring Cyborg yeah. into it. And if they I pull mean, it off, just brilliant. I mean, the Marvel movies did it with uh, Thor The Dark World. They brought that into the endgame of it all. Yeah. And it worked brilliantly. And now like that movie's more interesting for what happened afterwards, which yeah. is a magic trick, basically. Yeah, and for me, for me, the only thing I want to see... Well, I'm with you on the Rock Monsters, definitely, Elliot. I'm with you on Cyborg coming back. One thing I want to see is I want him to be flanked with a load of hippie Vulcans playing the lute or whatever, like, oh. these <laughs> they're playing. You know what they should do? Yeah, if Fair they bit. want... If they want to... Yeah, 
That's the challenge. If you really want to get the crap stuff that everybody hated, get the space hippies from the way to Eden and have them as sad. I bloody love that episode. I mean, it's cheesy as hell. It's not because it's great, but it's very enjoyable to watch. So bad it's good as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, okay. We'll see. It's in the worst episode of season three. Oh, and it's so funny. Again, it's like Spock's brain. Okay, it's it's not good for the right reasons. I'm looking forward to when we do Spock's brains because I've got a totally different view of it. (laughs) Oh, I love it, but just because... I love Spock's brain. Well... Yeah, <laughs> and I know it's rated as one of the worst episodes ever, but everyone is wrong. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I'm still for so bad it's good, so I, I am a fan, but maybe not for the same reasons as you, you, Elliot. That's definitely one of our live from the pub episodes. Is well, that's that's one that we want to do at the weekend if the lectures. yeah, oh, that'd be great. Um, so well, that, that's what we're pitching for the weekend. Yeah, we're trying to get like, when Star Trek goes bad. No, uh, uh, but looking at what people think of as the cheesy or worst episodes. What I'm saying is Spock's brain, though, I feel like has to be its own episode. It can't be when when Star Trek goes bad with, with that yeah, being part yeah, of it. It's got to have its own episode. It's full plot for that one. Yeah. Um, so then we get the performance of, oh, Spock's actually in love with Chapel. And it's very much like when Picard pretended to be in love with Loxana in yeah. that episode. Um it's a little bit tight on Chapel because Spock clearly knows that she has feelings for well, him. Well, this is why I think that their friendship, where their friendship starts <laughs> to break down. Oh, I think God. they've played them up as being good friends, and I think this is the start of the breakdown of their friendship. Well, be, to yeah. what we see in the original series. Because this is crossing because about. Because Christine, Nurse Chapel is hurt by this. Yeah, I, I agree, but I don't think they're going to do this ev- this early. I think they're going to want to use that relationship going forward. The way they sort of set stuff up, it seems like they're going to use that going forward. Yeah. But to me, it was the fact that um, he used the same line to, to her as he did with Tupring. That seemed creepy. Yeah, it's... Yeah. You know me well. You know me well. Uh, ah, creepy. I don't yeah. want creepy Spock. I think the implication is that Spock also has feelings for her, but um yeah. yeah we'll just have to wait and see how it all pans out um, maybe he, has uh, an, he actually does have an affair with christine maybe he does maybe this maybe is where it goes past maybe that's what why they're so they happy with each other i don't know mm. um Again, but, it seems too creepy uh, maybe that's why uh christine uh, denies knowing to print in a mock time could be yeah but, well she doesn't want to know that woman i deny that she exists <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you go into chapels. Mask. Sorry, mate. I was saying she has like a, a memory blotted out specifically of. <laughs> no, I just love the idea that you go to Nurse Chapels. Uh, you know, Nurse Chapels in sick bay going. It's like no, I've never heard of this one. She goes back to her quarters. You just see the shrine to Spock with a big cross through to bring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she has to go through a few extra knives at it to get the anchor out. <laughs> Um, then we get the pirate bit, which is just good fun. You know, the pipe makes the save, and it's, it's well, it's, I like how I, I love how the pirate ship actually has a wheel, yeah, it's, it's got a wheel. <laughs> and, it, I, and the first thing he says, just get the hell out of my chair. That That's nice, yeah. like, yeah. I love captains being too precious about their chairs, there's something yeah. very enjoyable about that. Yeah, it's very sort of 
uh, Harrison Ford in Air Force One, you know, the get off my plane, that everybody loved that <laughs> line, and it's like Pike's version of that. Well, it's like that moment in um, Star Trek 2009 where you've got like a character in the chair and sports going out of the chair. Yeah. <laughs> just, just lots of fun every time. It is. And then yeah. Angel escapes because, as we find out, Angel seems to be Cyborg's second in command. So that's going to be good fun. And, oh, like, yeah. To be fair, we actually saw the ship. Yeah, we Angel did. Angel escapes into right at the beginning when they were going through the asteroids. Yeah. And we also. Sorry, go on. I was just going to very quickly just, I love, I do also love in the same scene where um, he's going out of my chair. Like at the end, it's like, oh, and could, could you be in this back over? We might have been a bit premature. The mutiny's yes. still happening. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful That's comedy great. moment. Classic yeah. Star Trek. I, I do like that they've used the command codes to take back over. Yeah. Which is what they did in the Wharf, Wharf of Khan. Yeah. They played someone and not knowing that they could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the reveal of the ongoing mutiny. It's a it's a good play with camera angles because it's right. We've got a really tight focus shot on Pike to get the pirate gag, and then we pull back and it's actually it's still chaos. So yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then Pike does his little pirate impression right at the end. Oh, is there any other captain you can think of from a Star Trek show who get get away with that? Only Pike. Yeah, probably. Kirk would take himself too seriously. Maybe Cisco. Oh no, Cisco's definitely too kind of like Action Jackson for that. Mm. Uh, I can't picture Janeway doing it. Burnham definitely not. Uh, just, just none of them. Archer. Maybe think, Archer. Maybe Archer. I think Janeway would probably be the next most likely to my mind. But um, yeah. I feel like she had to be particularly serious to not undermine the first female lead captain yeah. in the Star Trek show. So I feel like she could have done it for that reason. I think she's got the chops to do it, but yeah, on, I can on see the, why they didn't have her doing stuff like that. Yeah, on the bridge, she wouldn't have done it. But on the holodeck, though, so there's that bit where she hustles Pooh. Yeah, where does some questionable things on the holodeck. And Chaotica. We won't get into some of the stuff she gets up to on the holodeck, but um, <laughs> then, yeah, to bring and Spock then. So to bring knew it was all a blag, blah blah blah. But when she says like, "Oh, obviously, I know that you had to tap into your human half to pretend to have feelings for Chapel and no, to to make it look so intimate, make it look so realistic, yeah." And there is just that little, they let the moment just sit for a second so that you can go, oh, I'm not so sure to bring, you know. Yeah. You might be underestimating Spock here. Um, I don't know. I felt, I mean, I thought that was one of the great moments where, I, I mean, for me, I thought she was sort of saying that even though she didn't believe it. Like, she seemed a bit pissed off, but that seemed perfectly Vulcan to play it that way. Like, you know, it's sort of under the surface that she's annoyed, but she's uh -huh. not letting on. I feel like she was trying to convince herself that it was all necked. Maybe, maybe. It could play, yeah, it could play that way. And then, like you said, Spock goes to see Chapel and, yeah, says the same thing to her, which is a bit weird. And Creepy. It does feel like they're both lying to each other. Like, she's like, well, I know there's no feelings from you. And he's like, oh. Yeah, but it's right the way now. that she's doing it with her back to him and walking away and all that. And yeah. And this is why I think that this is the start of the friendship. To me, the killer line was, because um, I know you're not the kind of guy who'd be betrothed to someone and then chatting me up. You know, it's like that was yeah. very loaded, that line. That was really nice. Yeah. I'm, I, 
Issues of whether this will fit with the mock time or not aside, we've just got to trust the writers that it will eventually. It's a really interesting story and dynamic to be playing out, and everybody's acting it really, really well. So, anyway, the big reveal then. So, yeah, Cybok, and he, he's still got the same hair. Yeah. And that's that all nice. we see of him. It makes you wonder if, have they cast him yet, do you think? Or... Could it oh, be yeah. this season, or is this going to be? We've mm. seen the back of his head. Like, is, this a teaser, is this a teaser for next season or something? Yeah, oh, that's good. I didn't even consider that. I just assumed they were going to pick that up kind of pretty much straight afterwards. But, but I, no, right, there's no reason that they have to. Yeah, I mean, I did at first, but then I thought, oh, hang like, on. If, this, if it was a serialized show, yeah, it'd be picked up pretty quick. But this isn't a serialized show, this is episodic. Because okay. so we make. So we might be 10 episodes down the line and we might get a previous slip. Yeah. That'll just show this scene. Yeah, because I had, I had a sort of feeling, I've had this feeling throughout the series that I know which characters or which baddies are likely to reappear, which characters are likely to and which aren't. It sort of seemed like they leave stuff open, like with that planet where they um, where it was all sounds. Yeah, that seemed like pretty ripe to get done because he says at the end, it's like, we don't know what happened. We don't know why this happened. We don't know what, yeah, what happened yeah. to the people who are there. How many more of these kind of plants are there? So that seems set up for a, a redo. Uh, you've got the um, Gorn, definitely, I think. With the, again, I think they would be making a mistake <laughs> if they don't make them the Klingons of this series. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, this is another one where it's definitely set up to... Yeah. But no, I think that would be very interesting. I think it would be better, in fact... To let it cool and then bring it back in the next series, maybe. Yeah, yeah I've already heard people saying, oh, Cybok's going to be the big bad of the season. It's like, I'm not sure we're going to have a big bad is. of the season. It's not. Big bad comes from, um, you know, Serialized. the term was from Buffy when it was serialised. Yeah. And there was a yeah. big bad guy every season. And that's what the season was structured around. But we're not doing that with Strange New World. So, you know, if season finale, we get cyborg and angel i'm up for that but i'm quite happy to have them be like the q or loxana of this show and yeah, pop up like you may be seeing one one episode the season i mean my you guess know. is the, the season closer i'm gonna call it now i reckon gone again i think gone just a two yeah. they were so well set up i never considered them i love it when they take a character which just appeared in one episode previously oh okay they were in enterprise i know before anyone says let's that. try to but, pretend they weren't in enterprise yeah let's pretend they weren't good bad. point but you know what i mean it's like primarily they were used in one episode and that was it so i love it when then they they then see the potential in that to then expand it out they did such a good job in that episode i feel like we'd be robbed if we don't get a lot more of them yeah, yeah, definitely. The, I think the the thing that we've got to be careful of because we we we've seen seven episodes, and how we used to see Cedric seven episodes isn't a lot. No. We're in episodic TV. We've got to be careful that like we don't go. Oh, we want to see that again. We episodic. It can we can have loads and loads of different things. We don't yeah, have to go to the gone. We, and this is the great thing that just about every episode this season we've said I won't mind the sequel to that episode yeah yeah Which is, it's a great thing that they've done that that they've been able to create that that every episode is has been strong even the bad episode which would we say is the weakest episode last one last one for me I'm not sure I don't yeah, yeah. I like that 
Maybe Spock and Mark for me. Yeah, but for me last week, I mean, again, the acting, the performances and the writing and individual scenes I love, but they did nothing during that episode effectively. They didn't change anything and they just lost at the end. Who wants yeah. that? Like for me, I don't want that. Well, episode. I think that sets up more than any other episode for a sequel, a follow-up yeah. episode. But you do go back and fit and make it better. Well, we'll see how we feel at the end of the season. Next week might be an absolute clanker. But <laughs> are we still betting on Ortegas, or do we think does anyone want to change the bet? No, I want an Ortegas still. I still want an Ortegas. I want an Ortegas because yeah. I, mean, I really like the character. What I'm seeing of her. We're and I really want to see a big Ortegas episode. We're definitely due an Ortegas episode. So I'm getting the sense that Hemmer is just a recurring guest star, really, yeah. rather than a main crew member. But everyone else has had a bit of a time to shine. Like, we've not had a Mabenga episode, but we've had him have substantial subplots in a couple yeah. of Yeah, yeah. It's, in effect, he's had an episode woven throughout the episode. Yeah. You know, he's had his arc, it's you know, so Ortega. he's been served. Feels like, like Ortega's feels a lot like what Sulu was in the original series that it was there and doing his job and a bit mm. of back and forth with the captain, but nothing major. And then suddenly we had a um, oh, why is it where we went fencing? No, oh, yeah, naked time, oh, yeah, naked time. We suddenly had that, and it like wow, Sulu's amazing, yeah. <laughs> and and the thing is, for me, I think I feel like I could sort of work out what an episode with any other characters would be. I don't know with her, and that excites me. You know, I yeah, I don't know what an episode with her would look like, and that's great. I still feel like I know Ortega's better than I know Reese or Bryce, though. Yeah. Oh, damn right. I know Hammer better than I know them. Yes, yeah. True. I mean, you say Hammer's a minor character, but he had a kind of fairly meaty bit with Ahura in one of the episodes, yeah, and yeah. He's had more substance than what they've done with the... Bridge crew of Discovery. Absolutely. Yeah. Right then, well, that about wraps us up on this one. So we'll find out next week. What will it be? Episode nine next week. So uh, Episode eight. Episode eight. Right, so we've got three left. Um, so we are moving towards the finale, but the, we've well, heard... Should, what thing. do we get after this? Do we get Lower Decks or do we get Prodigy again? I don't think it's been announced. We might, shock horror, have a week without Star Trek. I thought Prodigy was a little while off. We don't know. Not sure. Because I I just seem to remember we said that because they said that the next series of uh, of load sorry of um, Prodigy is going to be the second half of the first series. I seem to remember it was in a different year though. No, they said twenty twenty two. Oh, they did. Okay. I won't be surprised if it's lower decks next, but um, we'll see. Yeah, I think it's lower decks by the rotation, didn't it? Because there's been a trailer for that as well, so that would be more apt to be next. Yeah, I'm so, looking forward to seeing what's happened to Captain Freeman. Yeah, so maybe we'll have some news on that next time. Uh, but in the meantime, Dr. Squee, what have you got coming up? Honestly, I don't know. So uh, I'm just going to plug the YouTube channel. Go to uh, youtube.com slash Dr. Squee. We've now got our own catchy little URL, uh, D-O-C-T-O-R, for word, Squee, S-Q-U-E. And uh, you can catch interviews with Alexander Siddig, uh, Ronald B. Moore, not to be confused with the writer, but he's the special effects maestro um, and loads of other Star Trek people. And while you're on YouTube, check out Retrek Model Studios, where Thanks Elliot's too. building various different models on there. Yeah, I had a new video came out at the weekend of the CVN 65, the Big E, 
aircraft carrier. Yeah, so check those out. And also you can find numerous episodes of the podcast on there. Or you can come and join us on Facebook or Twitter at RetrekPod or email us RetrekPod at gmail.com. Can I just say that Elliot building those ships, like I, I'm not really into ship building and stuff, but it's like um, like watching Bob Ross paint. It's just so relaxing <laughs> watching Elliot. And it must be so frustrating when you're like feeding all those uh, lights through, but you make it look so effortless. And so <laughs> There's no lights on the, the aircraft carrier. Oh, I just meant generally, like you can do some really build. fiddly and it's so <laughs> relaxing to watch. because you. I have to build from scratch. <laughs> Because if it was me doing it, it'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake, go through that. Oh, bloody hell, the decal's gone in the wrong place. It would not be relaxing at all. Yeah, we yeah I couldn't do it. But it's Once all... I finish with this aircraft carrier, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this finished. And then we're back into electronic builds because I've got all my setups sorted out now. There we go. So thanks for trekking with us this time. And we will see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>